No intro. Did you hear about the Planes, Trains, and Automobiles remake? No. With <clears throat> Will Smith and Kevin Hart. What? That's um dumb. I don't. I don't <laughs> like that. It's not dumb. Yeah, it's not a. I don't know. Maybe they can make that fun, but like. I look. I'm assuming Hart is going to be the, the John Candy role because well, he's going to you know, be the one who's like super annoying. I, I was thinking about this. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I was also thinking about the Fresh Prince reboot. That's going to be a drama. Oof. Oh, <laughs> but, it's a drama. Well, it's not going to be on out and out comedy. It's going. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, huh. I don't. I mean, I'm, obviously, it's going to have humor. It's not going to be like totally straight faced, but. They're gonna, you know, it's gonna have a more of a Fresh Prince, the O, the OC Fresh Prince. Who wants that? J- Jeff, no. What to say? Yeah, no, yeah, no. Um, Get that on my Fresh Prince. I, I was thinking want, about that because, <laughs> because you know, they're both, they've both goofed in the past, but I think True. Will has more of a history with the opposite of goof, being dramatic, which is non-goofing. Yeah, yeah. So right. it's the same thing with Steve Martin. I mean, Steve Martin got some scenes. Oh, he, yeah, he yeah, his, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he got his uh, rental car scene or, or what have you. Yeah. The thing is, is first of all, first of all, we can't criticize this because because it's because we're white. Um, but here we go. Uh, let's make new stuff. <laughs> let's just make new stuff. Let's just make new stuff. You know, I'm I don't like you. Timothy. T- Timothy. I call it Timothy. I call it Tim for short. I don't like Tiffany Haddish, but she deserves better than a What Women Want, a reboot of Ugh. What Men Want, right? She's, she that, deserves better than that. That movie is just a bad idea. And yeah, this is playing strings and automobiles, but I think that's just even more argument to like not go back to it. And who gets the money? The John Hughes estate? Yeah, I don't know. John's not with us. Why? He left just, it all to Molly anyway. Just do some like kind of weird situation comedy but then I started, where there are these two but guys. that's what it is. Yeah. And then I started to think about it, and I thought... Yeah. Well, is it going to? Because you know, planes, trains, and automobiles. When you think about it, it's a, it's it addresses economic disparity, right? Mm, yeah, it's that's what that's it's really true. about. Yeah, it's about a guy who works in advertising or whatever, and he, oh he's, my god, yeah, he he's do, working all the time in New York. Will he be able to get back to his to his uh, Oak Park uh, neighborhood? You know, for Christmas. Right. Oh boy, I hope so. And then John Candy was living out of a trunk because his wife died. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? like, but then I thought, oh, my God. I think maybe that's the perfect like realm in which to explore this, maybe, is to use. Because mm. Will Smith will definitely play a guy in a suit. And Kevin Hart yeah. will not be a guy in a suit. Yeah, yeah, And so right. maybe you could, maybe we need to hear that again. Maybe we need to have a story about like yeah. economic disparity again. Well, I think it's a lot. It's. But I'm still not on its side. It's got a lot yeah. to prove. I mean, I feel like that. I think that's something that we need to talk about more these days because uh, the richer. I mean, Will Smith is getting richer. You're right. The, well, yes, but the, no matter how the, stupid he looks on the red table thing or whatever, whatever red table but, flip or but, whatever. But the economy is crap. And um, news to me. Uh, news to me. And. Uh, you know, we're not really doing a whole lot to help people. You know what movie who... did that? What? And uh, kind of went both sides. Hmm. Uh, nothing to lose. Oh, I don't think I know that one. 
Oh, you do. Or do I? Well, we're going to talk about it next week if you don't. Oh. Starring Tim Robbins and Martin Lawrence. I do not remember this Tim Lawrence, at all. Tim Robin Lawrence. Tim, Tim Robin Tim Lawrence. Robbins. We put them together, Tim and Robbins now they're, they're, they're two vixens. Is they're, an they're ad one executive. Person. Okay. Who's doing very well. Uh huh. It's not, it's in LA. And, uh, and he finds out that his wife is cheating on him, and he goes a little cuckoo, and he. Okay, let, let me get through this, okay? Oh, okay. He gets kind of carjacked. He gets attempted carjacked by Martin Lawrence. Oh, boy. But it's like. You picked the wrong guy in the wrong day, right? Mm-hmm. And he basically doesn't do anything bad. He just he just drives like to the desert with him, and he's like, "Why are you taking me to the desert? Where where are we going?" Mm-hmm. And so it's like, turns out that Martin Lawrence, this is his first carjacking because uh-huh. he was a uh, security systems expert. Um, he's got like his engineering degree, but he can't get a job because he's not the corporate color. And okay. so Tim Robbins is like, well, whatever, you can get a job. What are you talking about? But then, you know, they start to learn that, you know, each, they, they don't understand things about each other. Okay. You know I mean, they have okay. some stuff to learn. All right. And then along the way, uh-huh. they are plagued by a pair of like career criminals, you know, real highwaymen played by the toothy guy from Scrubs and another guy who I don't think anybody knows, but he's funny. Okay. And they are black and white as well. Oh my goodness. So it's like a dark mirror of... Of the other mirror. <laughs> and I'm not saying it's good, but... Oh, okay. Maybe along those lines. Sure. Um, I think there's a lot... Like, um, I guess I'm trying to think. Has transportation time for that. really changed transportation? a lot? You're not talking about the economy I and know, racial issues. And you're I like, know. would they take a train, though? <laughs> Shouldn't shouldn't it be? I'm here to bring us back to the minutia. Airbus, and the really airbuses, tiny lifts and minu- Ubers, minute details that don't really matter so much. Um, sorry, I don't know why I was thinking about that. No, shouldn't it be I, Teslas, Ubers, and and uh, yeah. I mean, will will like mobile phones? Will that like um, totally change the movie? No, they won't be able to. Um, like, what if their phone, like, what if they get somewhere and they don't have service or their phone breaks or they run out of battery? Well, the, the, like well, hopefully, well, I don't know if this is true for, I'm, I'm not a regular traveler, but hopefully um, we, we've improved communication technology and technology in general for the rental car system so that you won't be taken out to lot D by the shuttle and the car's not there. Although right. you and I have traveled to conventions yes. and we've had some experiences with rental companies that made me think that technology hasn't advanced at all. <laughs> and you can't, I suppose nowadays, you, you know, if you try to rent a, a room with your melted diners club card, um, you can probably just PayPal or Bitcoin or something like that. Right. Probably. But this but act one, cell phones go out the window, right? Literally. Right. I mean, How could you do it? No otherwise? cell phones. Yeah. 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 Or you got to get a burner, but you don't, you can't remember your logins because that's what you know Google passwords is for. So sure, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah, I could see that. No, you can do this. Okay, you could totally do it. Okay. All right. Well, ugh, now I'm in the position where I, I I think I'll I'll go check it out when it comes out. Okay. I guess I'll keep it open. If they can ever shoot it. <laughs> but shooting crews are are going back to work because it must continue. Yes, the drudge must continue. What do you like? Wear a mask. Cut. All right, mask masks on, everybody. Does everybody behind the scenes wear a mask? Does the director wear a mask? Probably. 
There's no way you can, can have you, less than six people on a movie do set. You, do you mic the director then? Do you mic the director? Like give give the director. No, he uses a mi- megaphone, but it's muffled. So it's loud, but it's. Well, that's why I'm saying a mic because it's right there. Yes. Underneath the. Yes, you use a mic. What's you, your movie? <laughs> you lost the toss. What's your movie? I lost the toss? Excuse me. I'm oh, sorry. You Excuse won the toss. Excuse me. I thought I won the toss. All right. Whatever you need to, um, to sleep at night. <laughs> My movie is uh, Blood Simple. It is the very first film by the Coen brothers. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Had not seen it before. I've seen... I don't think I've necessarily seen all of the Coen brothers films, but I've seen uh, the vast majority of them. And... Um, was like, hmm, haven't seen that one. That sounds kind of interesting. Uh, I want to check that out. So that's why it went on my list. I think it's interesting, funny maybe, I don't know, telling that they do crime movies. I mean, if you look at the numbers, probably more than half of their movies are quote-unquote crime movies. But, yeah. But they left the noir sort of pitch really early. Mm-hmm. Clearly they made a noir because... They were noir fans. Oh, yeah. Growing up in St. Louis Park or wherever they were from. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, they were, let's make a movie. All right, we'll just make our kind of noir. But then immediately they were on to other things. Yeah. You're raising Arizona's, if you will. Right. Which is a crime movie, technically, but is, it is know, a crime can't really movie. call it a noir. Yeah. Um, am I supposed to say what happens? I'll say what happens. Yes. That is your job. I'm not going to get, I'm not good with names. Um, I, Actually, I, no. I think I can do the names on this. Okay, I got. I what's got the What's the girl's up. name? Um, and she Abby. Is, and she is a girl. Yes. Uh, I mean, she's a woman, but she's she's a girl, <laughs> young woman. Uh, Abby is married to Marty. Marty owns a honky tonk in Texas. Yeah. They're not happily married. Mm-hmm. And Abby starts an affair with Ray, a bartender that works for Marty. Yes. <sighs> We gotta go quick. Marty knows about this, and he hires M. Emmett Walsh's character, who's I don't think they ever say his name. Fair enough. If they private don't. detective Lauren Visser, Visser, Visser hires Visser, yeah, to spy on them. Mm-hmm. He does spy on them. Then later, he asks the, him to kill them. Yep. And I, it, that's it. I mean, I'm not gonna go any farther. If you haven't right. seen this movie. And unless you're a Cohen fan, I, you, you probably haven't. You ought to see this movie. Yeah. What'd you think? I liked it. Um, I mean, I think it's, I think it's a good um, noir. I guess I kind of want to know. So, <laughs> the very, very beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray and Abby are in the car together, and and he confesses how he feels about her. In the car, I the, like you. I like you. I've always liked you. I've always liked and, you. But but in but Texas, he's like, that's like, let's marry right now. Right, right. But he's like, <laughs> I'm not a marriage counselor. Like, I don't want to hear about your, yeah. like. He says that multiple times, and actually, that phrase, marriage counselor. What are you, a marriage counselor? That comes up quite a bit. It's kind of funny. Um, but so th- that's happening just then, um, and. It sure seems like they just sleep with each other that night, but apparently multiple times. But, like, he already had, like, Visser, like, following them. Well, what I don't get is they're driving, right? Yeah. And they're having a conversation. And 
there are a lot of little things. I'm not saying that the Coens are um, not prone to doing interesting things um, camera-wise mm. or um, not having a flair for storytelling, but they're really putting it on here. Mm-hmm. As they're driving, they're having this conversation. We're seeing it from the back seat. It's dark. Yeah, the it's, backs of their heads. It's, and it's raining. Dark. Yeah. And because it's a noir, but I mean, it's Texas. So this is just one of those freak rainstorms, I guess, in Texas, which guess. is famous for its rainfall. <laughs> and as they talk, this all had to be timed out. I don't think they're really in a car. I think they're on a on a set. Oh, probably. Um, as they talk, they reach kind of a lacuna or a pause in their dialogue. And the headlights you know, start before that point and then come up and sort of flash, wipe the screen out. And then the name, the next name of the person... Oh, I didn't notice who's that. Who's in the movie. The credits come up. And then uh, we'll be talking some more and we'll see lights. And then we'll get to a point and then pff, the lights go by and then the next name comes up. And it's like, that took a lot to set up. Just in terms of like writing the script and having Timing being able to break out. it down. Yeah. And, yeah. Wow. And they, huh. Yeah. The dialogue comes at like these regular intervals as do the lights. But at the end of that sequence, they slam on the brakes because there's a car by the side of the road. The car is the yellow bug that belongs to Visser. So did they lap their tail or something like that he's already supposed to be following them but he was in front of them for some reason was he in front of them they stopped the car because they're like oh don't hit that car and they just sort of pull around and that car was Visser's bug oh i thought he was i mean i must be remembering it wrong because maybe I thought, i'm remembering it wrong because i thought he was following them and then she said pull over and they wait and then the, then he goes around them after a pause like they both kind of stop and then he pauses, and then he goes around, and then Ray asks her if he knows who that is. But they stopped. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Okay. It's uh, it's the kind of interaction that a, a, a tail and, and uh, the person tailing them should not have. <laughs> the person you're tailing. Yeah, yes, right. You shouldn't know. How good of a private investigator is he? Um, we know he's a good photographer because of something that happens later. There's but, a lot of, um, well, yeah. There's a lot of um, camera moves <laughs> in this. Yeah. There's a lot of follows. Uh-huh. Um, Dolly or, or otherwise, uh, you know, we'll sort of follow something, follow the dog, follow the guy with the white converse. Um, there's, a great, there's a great shot yeah. along the bar where we're like, Maurice is talking to this this woman that, He's been talking to the entire movie. Is he going to close a deal or what? Yeah. But and the camera's moving along the bar, and there's a guy passed down in the bar. So the camera comes up to the guy, and then whoop goes over the guy, and then comes back down when it gets over him again. That was great. (laughs) Which is almost like them breaking the the fourth wall artistically. It's almost like them, Mm. you know, doing these cool moves, but then also being like, "This is still, this is Brechtian." You know what I mean? You're still watching the movie you know we're in a movie space here yeah that's what it just made me think of yeah no um, i totally get that there is boy it's gonna be hard to talk about this i guess i didn't spoil it up to this point but you know skip to 30 minutes in or whatever if you don't want any more spoilers because we have to talk about the film yeah 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 um it's real low stakes and i like that i like when a crime movie is super low stakes mm-hmm. like emmett, emmett walsh needs more rolling papers or something he's gonna kill two people for 10 grand yeah, that's what I don't understand. That ain't a lot of money. I'm like, because then I even asked you, like, what's well, ten grand in 1984 bucks? Uh, not, not a lot, a lot of, of money. money. <laughs> yeah, great. So um, I was like, two people for that amount of money. That just doesn't even. That makes like no sense to me. He's so. like, 
You go fishing for a while. I'll let you know when it's done. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, you know, this, all this stuff goes down, and then he calls him, and he's like, did you catch any fish? Yeah. What What are you talking about? Did you catch any fish in your there? No, <laughs> no, I mean, is it done? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, he, uh, he's a more serious character, because there's a character like this in, like, all of the Coen Brothers movies. There's, like, a, a wild card character. Yeah. But he's, like... Um, you don't really know from the beginning. You don't know what to expect from this guy, I feel like. No, you don't expect him to. Okay, so a double slaying is is bad. Yeah. But I guess if somebody is going to hire you to kill two people and nobody else knows about it and you just kill him and take the money, then that's only killing one person? Yeah, I I was trying to figure out like what exactly his I'm not sure it's all there in dialogue, but I was just assuming that there was a history, a past between these two guys. Mm, that and could be. so you know, he could, because he doctors the photos to make it look like he killed them. Yes. And I guess, which, pre-Photoshop, so I guess he's pretty good. Yeah. Um, And I guess, like, it, you know, he could take the 10000 and then just flee town forever. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. who, yeah. who's, who would know? Who's Marty going to tell? Yeah. But also then he, yeah, he kills him, so. He kills him, and then, like, he doesn't, like, immediately try to get into the safe. He actually, like... This is what I oh, think no, is he's weird. A, and when he, once he does come back for the safe, he's not even looking for the money. He's looking for the last picture, which is was his yes. insurance policy. Right, right. And his probably also his lighter, which is underneath the fish. And I don't think anybody ever finds. Um, Just look under the fish. Yeah, I know. I'm not saying this movie's perfect. <laughs> but I'm saying that it presents uh, interesting characters who are... Um, and this happens sometimes, too. Like, the Coens can have... Um, overdrawn characters in the case of a Raising Arizona mm-hmm. and underdrawn characters in the case of a No Country for Old Men, par example. Yeah. And it's just, it, it's interesting either way. Yeah. And you, you feel like you get, there isn't much to get about an Abby or a Ray. You feel like you get them right away. You pretty much do. But then the things that they do and the decisions they make have you going in that great crime thriller tradition are like, why are you doing this? Why? It was... Everybody knows wow. that that you and, and Marty had a problem. Right. you just called the cops. Right. And, sa- and then you... Yes. Immediately go, I'm going to clean up the crime scene. Later on, we learn he feel he thinks that he's protecting Abby, who's doing yes, this. Yes, which is like, okay, then it kind of makes sense. A little more. But you're, you're doing it in the dumbest way. And then you take him out to bury him, I guess. But he's still alive. Yep. He's the only person who knows who killed him. You didn't do it. Yeah. I guess you still think it's Abby, but at that case, at that point, you could just go to a hospital. There's, you could do anything, but instead, just, just hit him over the head with a shovel, I guess, and throw him in the ground. Yeah. And then he's got the gun, which, yep. as far as Ray's concerned, just you know, it's like I'm doing the right thing. It must have been Abby. And then you think, oh, this is a big turning point. He's going to shoot him, but the gun doesn't work, or it's just a falling on the empty chambers. No. It's because of the empty chambers because yeah. it had already been when um, well, there was only three bullets. In. Yeah, there was only three bi- bullets, yeah. and Visser shot Marty, and when Ray showed up, he kicked the gun and it shot and it one. Went off. So, so there was only one bullet left. Which and all everything that gun went through, it's it's a good thing that the cylinder didn't move again because right. Abby would have just died in her apartment. Um, 
But yeah, and so instead of after all this, it's like another shovel of dirt. We're pot committed. I it was really frustrating to watch because it's like, why are you doing this? And you just want to scream at this guy like you freaking idiot. And like, I think you had to tell me like a couple of times while we were watching. I was like, well, why is he doing it like this? Because he like. He 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 freaks out. He thinks he's dead. He freaks out and like it shows he he's like moving and like um actually get freaks him out and he he Marty gets out of the car even though he's like really horribly wounded and starts crawling and then you think that Ray is going to run him over with a car or hit him <laughs> in the head with a shovel and the only reason that he doesn't is because there's another car coming. Right. And then he's like going to go bury him and where does he go? He goes to a field a, a, a in a farm that has been plowed. Yeah, well, it's Notice, been tilled, yeah. It's been tilled. Noticeably tilled and he drives into the field yeah i wonder why there's this big flat thing that's six feet long and there's tri- tire tracks moving uh, going right up to it. right yeah. exactly and and you and you dig a spot and it's going to be obviously disturbed ground they're going to know something is there it's not smart they didn't teach him all. to hide a body in the service i guess <laughs> i know but it's just like he is wow and then like well it's tragic because he's just he's just doing he's doing it all for her and he's just not thinking it through and his only reward is going to be a bullet I know, and like, it's it's weird because you you find out when he talks to her that he did it because she thought that she shot um, Marty, and, but and, like yeah. she he never really tells her exactly. No, what every, happened. Everybody ends up stumbling onto everybody else's plan in this, and everyone, which I think is really interesting, everyone enacts their own plan without knowing what's what's happening without having any context. Mm-hmm. So even at the end when Visser is in the apartment and he is looking for her and she does the whole thing where she, you know, stabs his hand on the windowsill yep. or whatever, and then goes back and gets the gun. She thinks it's Marty the whole time. Yep. Now I would argue that M. Emmett Walsh might have some hair on his hands, but he's no Dan Hedaya. <laughs> you I would know. know Dan Hedaya's hand. Right. Why is this gorilla trying to get into this apartment? <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> But yeah, but even at the end, she thinks that she's shooting Marty. Yes. And as Visser's, Visser's dying, he's like, okay, I'll tell him if I see him. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's such a great line. Yeah. It's just, it's a lot of, a lot of character. Well, and I just kind of wonder, not important, and I, and I, and I, I can appreciate where the story ends. So it's not important, but I wonder what her next move is going to be. You know, she's got... Two dead bodies in her apartment. She doesn't know anything about anything. I know. And she's Call not, the cops, right? And, you know, her gun, I guess, might be able to be matched to what killed Marty. But, you know, they... He did such a... Ray did such a piss-poor job of, of cleaning it up. Mm-hmm. I, I think she'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she... I wonder what Maurice found out. Because she went to him and was like, I think Marty's dead. And he was like, you stay here, and I'll... And, of course, she didn't stay there, but, um, you know, he was, like, going to go look for him, but, you know, that's not really important, I guess. Um, I like Maurice is like, you got to get your shit together, man. I know. What's going on with you and Ray? Give me that... Get these cigarettes are just coughing nails. <laughs> and then as he walks away, he's like, you got to get it together. And he then he a cigarette in his mouth. Cigarette in his mouth. I know. <laughs> um, also, he lives on a dead-end street. Did you get that? 
Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of a metaphorical oh, dead yeah, end. Yeah, I this, guess this, I didn't this, think this about town. it, but yes. Yeah. Yeah, and his, well, his life right now, well, the choices yeah. that he made, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Um. Yeah. No, I think it's. Um. I think it's un- unconventional, and I think it goes. It, it's like a. It's like um. I think you know. I mean, a good noir doesn't like isn't necessarily predictable, right? But sometimes there are some elements that you can predict, and I feel like this was like. I feel like they took a lot of the, 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 the tropes and the things that you might be familiar with within noir and they kind of, you know, changed or flipped your expectations or twisted them yeah. in some way. Um, and um, I can really appreciate that. You know what I mean? Like, I, it, it's not like just, uh, you know oh, I'm a detective and like, and here's, here's the dame and she's, she's, she's trouble. And you know what I mean? Everybody but... come to the drawing room. I, right. you know, I got something to tell you. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I think that, I mean, they know all the tropes and they're okay using yes. some of them, but they also yes. want to sort of dangle some of them in front of you. Um, and so you don't, so you're off balance or just to comment on them. Like I like when he goes through all this trouble to bury him and he gets back in his car and the, the theme is, you know, the do, 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 do sort of is playing and he starts the car and it won't start and everything stops. The music stops, the, everything stops. And then it finally turns over and the soundtrack comes back. And then he just tried, like you were thinking, oh, this is a new. No. Oh, no, that's not a thing. OK. Yeah. Yeah. I get a real uh, Miller's Crossing vibe from this. Miller's Crossing, I yeah. think, is um, similar in a lot of ways. And it's just like a high, a higher budget version of this film. Yeah. Um. Although there is no real, you know, Abby is just, none of this is really her fault. Like, no, you know, and she, and everybody puts things on her. So like Marty's like, oh, you wait until she says, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, she'll be out there shaking her tail for the men folk or whatever. And then like Ray is like, oh, she's, she killed this guy. I gotta, I gotta cover this up and don't yes. worry. Just go back to the, I'll take care of it. And everybody, and she's just like. She's she's kind of dumb, but like, but at the same time, she's also like the only person who's not involved in some horrible criminal criminal enterprise in this yes. entire film. There is no character like that in Miller's Crossing. Everybody's no. terrible in Miller's Crossing. Well, but it, it, I, what I thought you were gonna say is, um, uh, yeah, Marty is like says that something like like you know, um, uh, she's gonna say I don't know what you're talking about, and then like Ray goes back and he's talking to her about what he did without really saying what he did because he thinks that she killed Marty. Right. And and she says the same exact thing that Marty said she was going to say if if she, you know, ever might have been cheating or what have you. So that kind of makes Ray think, oh, she did it, but she doesn't want to tell me she did it or she's she's playing innocent or something like that. Right. Like like saying that she's deceitful or can't Which be Which has never really lead him like to do anything, but... You no. know, it's their first film, so <laughs> they they can pay some things off, but then you know they don't like lead to new things necessarily. Well, there is like there is one point. There are a couple of things. Um, so uh, Visser goes to kill them supposedly, right? And I don't know if maybe it was his plan the entire time to just take a photo of them and do a Photoshop. I don't know, but he breaks into the house and steals her gun. Yeah, like. 
it seemed like he knew her gun was in her purse. It did kind of because what was but he going to kill Marty with if he didn't have a get gun? That? Yeah. yeah. Although Marty does say that she's got a pearl handled gun, doesn't? doesn't I think he, he does. Yeah. I think he does. But then later, they don't say this, but it's obvious because Ray still has his house, and they say, you know, she said she'd get out of his hair, so I guess she's found an apartment. Yeah. Like a big loft. Okay, whatever. Um, and uh, but Visser like goes goes to Ray's house is like sitting at the table and one of her purses is still there for some reason and he goes through her purse and like somehow has the number to call her apartment because he calls and doesn't answer and hangs up like Marty did earlier in the movie and she thinks it's Marty. Right. Good. Great point. Well, I don't. I just don't know how any would of that happened. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I would. I would too. I think even if the Coens had never become the Coen brothers, this would be remembered as like, oh, there's this like little scrappy movie, you know, from 1984 that you might not have seen. It's called Blood Simple. Yes. Everything worked out. Let's talk about my movie. Yes. I picked the year 2000's The Contender. Mm Mm-hmm. Why? Um, I wanted to see how it measured up. We are in one of the most important political moments of all time. And the last time this happened was 20 years ago. And I wanted to see uh, how this weird little movie from the year 2000 that was made in Clinton La La Land Mm -hmm. holds up to today. And the answer might surprise you. What's the movie about? Um, The movie is about um, the vice president has passed away uh, three three weeks previous. And the president is trying to uh, pick a good person to be his uh like a good pick uh to be his vp and get sworn in hopefully for the last two years of his second term yes that's important yes um and uh he um it seemed like he was gonna go with like maybe one guy grissom Grissom at the very beginning uh but then it, it, it it's just decided it's just not gonna work out uh, so he he's gonna go with. Uh, it's a little more complicated than that, but it I won't is, stop it is. You. It is more you. complicated than Quicker. that. Um, uh, he, Less he's, detail. <laughs> he's gonna go with Senator Hansen, who's played by Joan Allen, um, and uh, 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 Runyon is the commissioner on the committee. Yeah, he's a Republican. Uh, he's a Republican. He's uh, friends with Grissom, and he has decided he does not like Joan Allen. It's she's a Democrat. I don't, and she's a woman. I don't really know what else he has specifically against her, but he feels like she's a wrong pick. So he's going to dig up whatever dirt he can on her and make this as horrible of an experience as he can. So she is not chosen. Um and um. That's and a lot of this is happening because she is. You ain't done. A, a woman. You ain't, um, you ain't near done. Um. Uh, Christian Slater is in it too, and um, he. It turns out to be what he digs up is that when she was in a, a sorority, yes. when she was in college, yes, she was part of a gangbang, supposedly. Supposedly. And so, without being, this is how things have changed. It wouldn't matter now, mm. but without being overly indecorous he wants to make sure that the world knows about this mm-hmm. so her image is tarnished and she withdraws her name from consideration yes 
for confirmation. Yes. Because he's the head of the, like you said, of the confirmation committee. Yes. And uh, Christian Slater doesn't like her either. Not and... really important to the plot. Oh, but... okay. All right. Are <laughs> we done? Are we it is a done? part of the movie. Um, I guess we're done. Uh, yeah. Okay. Right. Yes. It's about a woman having the possibility of being president. Now, remember, this is yes. the year 2000. Mm-hmm. It was written in the 90s, probably shot in 99. This uh-huh. is pre-9-11. Yes. And this is Hillary Clinton is still running for senator at this point. She won't be elected until November of uh, the year 2000. So mm-hmm. she is not, you know, poli- this, as far right. as political power goes, she doesn't have any. She's right, the first right. lady, but you're not going to. Barbara Bush isn't going to you know, bring the house down or whatever. Right. She doesn't have any political power. Right. So, yes, it is a question of the double standard of that applies to women. To women and in politics. to men. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, and Grissom is, uh, who we should say, is the governor of Virginia. Yes. Is, Democratic governor of Virginia. Yeah. Is kind of the front runner. And that status goes up when he um, is on a fishing trip. And uh, somebody um, crashes their car like off a bridge, like near where yes. he's fishing. So he dives in and tries to save the person, um, but they die. And you know he's it's looked at as, as a heroic act. Uh-huh. But but she died. We meet Jeff Bridges, who is basically like if Clinton was like good looking. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and I love how remember Clinton exists in this universe because one of the questions yes. the committee asks yes. her is about her vote to impeach President Clinton. Yes. Um. So this is, exists in some future where, I guess Jeff Bridges was like Al Gore, but I like guess. a cool, good-looking Al Gore, right? And so yeah, so Jeff Bridges is like is an impossibly cool, like sexy president. But don't worry about like, it. Like laid back and like yeah, super level-headed and yeah. Yeah, and like and his one bit is that uh, you know you know the thing from Dave where you can order a, a hoagie sandwich in the middle of the night. Yeah, like he loves that. <laughs> if it's I told bit. you that, well, it's, it's a great payoff for it. If I told you that uh, Aaron Sorkin wrote this, uh, would you believe me? Doesn't um, work on you because you never watched The West Wing. You never really cared about Aaron Sorkin at all. It this is the really most seem like Aaron Sorkin. How does it a... not seem like Aaron Sorkin? There's a I guess there's a freaking like supermodel democratic president who's like just moderate enough to make everybody smile yeah i guess and everybody i I, I don't know how much walking and talking there is but everybody has a cool line for everything it's It's not written by this is the most sorkin piece of media that was never written by aaron sorkin it was written by a guy (laughs) named rod lurie who has an interesting background he was basically made to write this movie now he's written a couple movies and he's directed a couple movies okay um he also and i think this makes sense was the creator of the tv show commander-in-chief where oh um, tay leone no no that is that was called that's madam secretary yes. what, uh, what's commander-in-chief gina davis is the president gina davis yes got it but he is um he was why, born why are we okay with this in media but we're not okay with it in real life did you we're going to talk about the contender right now if you I want know. to bring that up. <laughs> uh, he was born in Israel, uh, moved at a very early age to uh, Connecticut. Um, he graduated from West Point. Okay. Uh, he was in the Army for a while, but then okay. immediately, not immediately, but then he left the Army and became an entertainment reporter. <laughs> you know, like you do. 
okay. <laughs> I wouldn't have made that automatic jump, but all right. Then he became an investigative reporter in the entertainment industry. And he uncovered um, unethical and illegal practices, hopefully mm-hmm. some involving women, I guess. But the Me Too was not to happen back then. No. Because there were no hashtags. Yeah. He wrote a book called uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is about like movie making and underhanded practices. And then he got into filmmaking. And he was a um, uh, writer and director of a movie in 1999. I think it was a TV movie or maybe like a small release film. And then, boom, The Contender. So he has investigative journalism. Yes. He has the military or the government. Mm -hmm. He's got all the things that would go into this. Yeah, right. Experience with it. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't like it's this is a very feminist movie and I don't know where his feminist angle is, but whatever. He he made the movie. Yeah. Did you. So I don't even know how to start or where to go, but let's just talk about how. How do you, thinking of the political climate insofar as you were aware of it in the year 2000 <laughs> and the political climate now, how weird, one to ten, is this movie? <laughs> what, how weird is The that? West Wing is a piece of fiction that was created near the tail end of yeah. the Clinton presidency yep. Yep. that is a completely false fictional world where people in government even the Republicans all care about what the founding fathers actually thought yeah. and all quote yep. Robespierre to each other yep. and it doesn't exist and it never existed. And it's the wet dream of centrists, you know, of democratic centrists who want a cool president whose one arm is three inches shorter than the other one, but he holds his body in a way that you can't tell. Um, <laughs> that's what they want. And like, that's what I see here. But uh-huh. I also see incredibly skeeving uh, parallels to to the situation we're in now. I do too. Senator Hansen is a short-haired woman who used to be a Republican and is now a Democrat and wants to be president. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Why the the you... faster you say them, the faster we can move on. Who, who are you? Senator Elizabeth Warren. Oh, okay. Okay. Got me? Right. Yep. And she's from Ohio. Ohio would never liked her, but whatever. She's from Ohio just for fun. Mm-hmm. We have the opposition. He might be a senator. I thought he was a representative, though. I thought he was like the representative majority, uh, the majority leader. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, Shelly uh, Levine. <laughs> might, she- as well be, uh, sh- might as well be Shelly Levine. Runyon. But like, it's Runyon. Like Funyon. He is a Jewish. Runyon. Yeah, yeah. He is a, a Jewish uh, representative from Illinois. Again, I don't. that would never happen, but whatever. Uh, who is somehow a Republican, even though he wears, like, tweed suits and, and, like, knit ties. I know. Who is against her. He is a Bernie Sanders figure. What do we got? He fought yeah. against, like, you know, civil rights and hate crimes. He had f- f- sponsored a hate crime bill in, in the 90s or whatever. Mm-hmm. What is going on here? I know. What is this? I know. It's a little weird. What's it all about? And then you've got a governor of Virginia who's a murderer. That probably checks out. Are we talking about proxy? Are we talking about telling people they don't have to wear max, masks? Yeah, well... Anyway, yeah. and they tell him that he, he... We can't... You're the front runner. We can't take you because of this incident because it's too Chappaquiddick. Mm-hmm. Do you know what Chappaquiddick is? I don't know what Chappaquiddick is. They basically explain it in the movie. Ted Kennedy is driving, you know, with a girl who's probably an escort, and they crash their car, 
and he swims to safety and leaves her behind and she drowns and then my dad has never been able to shut up about it for the last you know 50 years okay all right yeah that's bad why did he leave her to drown (coughs) because he's craven (laughs) okay because he's craven and she was probably a prostitute and they were both high that's why okay wow I feel like history and half the country has tried him for his entire life on that. But whatever. That's what we're trying to set up. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So we go through this movie. Mm -hmm. And throughout it, we see the ways that everyone immediately assumes when this rumor, this story comes out, that it's true. Yes. And even the people that are on her side, there's a specific language in that they're like, I don't care who he had sex with or... One, two, a football team. It doesn't matter. Let's just face this. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. And just the assumption that obviously it's true. Never the question of why is this an issue? Never a question of where's your information from? Never a question of what does this have to do with your viability as a candidate? Right. I I think what... I I hate it, but I And the movie... Yeah. The movie has some very interesting and deft turns and reveals. They do. It does. Not like in a, you're the killer kind of way, but in a <laughs> subverting your expectations. Mm-hmm. Huh, Ryan Johnson? Yes. Uh, like she is even, it even sets her up. The movie tricks us because it sets her up. We are introduced to her while she's trying to have sex with her husband who's your campaign yes. manager yes before they get the call from the president you right. know and they're like oh and they're like, so you're already introduced to this woman focusing totally on her sexuality on her gender yeah and all this stuff and then the movie continues to draw you into this thing where it's like well okay she did something kind of dumb when she was 19 or whatever but who really cares you know there's just we immediately assume something about her now woman talk <laughs> I've talked for 10 minutes about this movie that just wow. wants women to be respected. Yeah, I so know. So start talking, well, I think maybe one reason why they don't even ask her if it's true or if it really happened, or maybe they, they kind of do, but she just said, I don't want to talk about it because it's my personal life and it has nothing to do with the validity of my candidacy, which I completely respect. That's and not a denial. Completely, no. But I think it's because there is a photograph. You can't see your face in a photograph. But I think it's because there is, quote unquote, photographic evidence, you know, so they they don't really question the validity of what is being said. You think that's it? You don't think it's institutional sexism? Well, I do think it's that. I set you up for that, but you want to go with the photograph. No, I I think it's both. I think it's both, for sure. Don't believe these internet journalists. Well, here's the thing, and she even says this in the film, like, if she was a, a man, this it wouldn't be a big deal. No. At all. They would, like slap her on the back you know and be like good job you know and it's it's infuriating and it's really really upsetting to think that like the just that the double standard of um you know um men having sex they get they get applauded but women are um you know called whores and and they're uh you know what did he 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 call it like Runyon called it like sexual deviance or something like that (laughs) and it's like holy cow you know and it's like and then they were trying to 
he was trying to mm-hmm. add on to it that like she got money for sex too like that she was trying to spin it like it was like prostitution or something like that so then it would be like an actual crime fbi investigating it's like okay well i don't know how old she is but i think the statute of limitations runs out on prostitution or solicitation of prostitution after a certain point but you look into it fbi you check it out uh yes um it's first of all just to preface this whole thing halfway through remember when shit didn't mean anything (laughs) Remember we can worry about shit like this. I know. <laughs> don't, well, don't you and you can it? just you can tell too because of the other things that come up during. Not and not to say that a lot of the other things are are, are fine. I, I'm just saying, like in her speech, she mentions like selling cigarettes to uh, to minors, and it's like oh yeah, when a... she's like these are these are things I believe. Yeah, yeah. I think that we should have a bigger military. And I was like, oh my god. And it's to to stomp out, you know, genocide, genocide, stop genocides. It's yeah. like, well, you're going to get your wish in about nine months here, but it's not going to be the the way you want it. Or no, what you want it for, but you'll vote for it, won't you, Hillary? I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, Senator Hansen. Yeah, it's before we learned. Uh, see, this is the thing. What did I say the, the other day? It was like it's real, it's real equality that we're watching really shitty films made by female directors now, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like real equality is learning. Oh, this female politician is as full of shit as all the rest of them. Right. I'm glad we made it for our daughters. I know. Uh, but yeah, but we're in a situation where this is important somehow, and because Shelley is a Republican, you know he's. It's the it's the tail end of this moral majority thing, which the Republicans would then spend the first 20 years of the 21st century completely destroying and eroding any base or, or platform that they have about being somehow morally superior to mm-hmm. their opponents. Right. And that has completely just culminated yep. in the year 2020. It's mm-hmm. that's worthless. But this was the last, you know, real blast that they had uh, of that right. going on. Um, and just the idea of like, as soon as the president, you know, that we've asked her, she's appeared at the press conference, she's going to go for this. Uh, they tell her, her husband to get lost because a husband seen behind a, uh, uh, a wife seen behind a husband is supportive, supportive. but yeah, but a husband's be seen behind a wife and they say, seems like a puppet master, but I don't, maybe that I, I think that's a misreading or at least it is today. He just seems like cucky and submissive. That's right? what I was reading yeah. that as. Yeah. Yeah, right. But that's not what I think they meant. What they meant. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the chief of staff, uh, Kermit, played uh, yes wonderfully by uh, Sam, Sam Elliott, Elliott. Yeah. who even when he doesn't have a mustache, I, he acts like he's got one. His lip moves in weird ways, <laughs> like he's got like it's weighed down by a mustache. I wanted to ask you, does he like charge extra if they ask him to shave his mustache? It's gonna be <laughs> another fifty thousand. <000. laughs> mustache fee yeah <laughs> um yeah so uh, it, it's it's um there's a lot of just weird parallels to this could have this is an alternate universe that uh two planes hitting two towers uh steered us away from forever we could yeah. have been arguing about dumb bullshit like this forever um, you've got the character of Christian Slater, who, yes. why is he in this at all if this is really about the power uh, and dignity I, of women? I'll tell know. you why. Why? Because at least we've got a side guy. In any other movie, he would have been the hero of the movie, the young freshman no, you're representative. Right. Yes. But instead, he's relegated to a side role. He's yes. a toady. 
who then later is convinced by you know the nobility and integrity of uh, the senator yes. to come to the right side. But in this political climate, in this day and age, that guy's dead to me. We can never trust him again. No, because you know I mean? he, you, he no, goes, you can't he trust joins, him. Talk about loyalty. He joins a bipartisan wow. confirmation committee yeah. who we see getting whooped up in the locker room by, yep. by Shelly Levine. Yep. <laughs> and uh, basically saying, we're going to go out there and we're going to kill this woman, basically. And he's like, yeah. yep, yep, I'm a Democrat. Yep, 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 yep. What, what are you doing? Yeah, I don't care. No steak sandwich in the world can take care of that. Or shark sandwich in the world can right shark steak your sandwich. Sins. Yeah, yeah. Um, should we mention that that Shelley Runyon is played by Gary Oldman? I feel like we should mention that. Yeah, does a good job. Yeah, <laughs> he's good at playing old Americans at this point. Like he can yeah. do it in his sleep. I know. Um, I know. I mean, you're talking about me too. Gary Oldman. I'm glad that statute of limitations has run out on some of his. his oh no, I hadn't heard that. Oh really? Yeah. 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 Look it up. Anyway, um, somebody says to somebody at some point, "Your constituents don't want your honesty. They want your opinions and your philosophy, or whatever." And I thought, "Oh, that's uh, yeah, that, that was on a note card somewhere, waiting to go into a script. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good line." I think Runyon says that to Christian Slater. Yeah. They do yeah. a lot of. Um, they do a lot of work. Um, kind of making her a divisive figure to the people watching the movie. If you assume that everybody watching your movie is, you know, 50% Republican, 50% Democrat or whatever, whatever that entails, mm. and they have her... How is, how is her dad a Republican governor and doesn't believe in isn't as an atheist? I don't know. But they specifically have a scene where she's like, her her kid thinks that baby Jesus made top spin, top spin in tennis or whatever. Yeah, right, right, and she's right. like, well, you know, they just teach these kids this fairy tale. And it's you're losing half of your audience here. You I know. know. I mean? But it's all in service of bringing it back because it, you should yes. walk out of this movie kind of jingoistic in a good way. Although that word doesn't mean good anymore. But jingoistic towards um, the idea of. Um, American legislature being a debate of ideas and not ideologies. Put that mm-hmm. on a card. Mm-hmm. But you should leave this theater thinking, I don't agree with her, but she is somebody that I would want in the legislature because of her integrity and her willingness to right. you know, examine an issue. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, you know, screw Christian Slater. <laughs> Yeah, they they I bring mean, out he, that he they, they bring out the one guy and so well, I mean like and Hathaway too Hathaway goes and meets with with Shelley, yep. at a cigar club or whatever mm-hmm. and it's like this is this is like you're you're planning a murder and they've got like the Roger Stone character and is like look we're gonna make this bitch drown in her own blood and at that point Christian Slater should be like I gotta go because I know. This, I got another thing. Which so. is why you know you can't trust this guy because yeah. he's totally on board. So much of the movie is dominated by her confirmation hearing, which is, yes. you know, this kind of brutal affair. And the irony is, is that if she, they keep pushing her and there are so many moments where she steps back and basically has to just take a moment because she wants to yell at them. She wants to cry yeah. or whatever. And the irony, here's the real double standard. Sure, there's a double standard on sexual activity. You know, if we ever heard that Ilan Omar, you know, did anything, that would be the end of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're And they're looking for things. They're trying to make up things about her, oh, her yeah. husband or whatever. Right. But if she pulls a Kavanaugh, it's over. 
But if Kavanaugh pulls a thing that was named for him, he becomes a Supreme Court justice. I know. If she That's shows any emotion at all, it's over. It doesn't matter what the allegations are. It doesn't yep. matter how she answers, if she believes in God, or she's, she's a baby killer or whatever. It's she, over for her. She does get a little emotional when he accuses her of baby genocide. <laughs> yes. Yes. Which is like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he just said that. Um, and even he, you know, the movie frames it as like, he feels like, okay, I, I went a little too far. Mm-hmm. And backs up a little, but I think it's supposed to be a real "have you no decency, sir" moment. But because we don't get that, then we get it literally in I know the president's speech at the end, which I think it goes a little far, a little bit. And this movie remains, I think, I think so too. Fifty, thirty-eight eh, percent cynical, in that it's never willing to completely strip anybody's actions from their motivations. So even at the end, after he gives this amazing speech, he basically comes out and says, what are you guys doing? Like, how could you let this? You should be ashamed of yourself. You should be ashamed of yourself. It's not, I mean, you're represented by the committee, but it's still, you are the body of Congress here. And how could you let this come to this? And we're not, we were not made to be this way. This is not what we're about. So I'm going to call for an immediate right now, up and down vote for her confirmation, which... We don't see how it comes out because, you know. No, we don't. I mean, in, in the universe of a movie, she's confirmed. Right. Uh, in, in our real universe, John McCain digs his way out of his grave and comes down, plants the vote to keep her out. <laughs> <laughs> but even after it's all over, he goes down to his chief of staff and he's like, how's that for a swan song? Mm-hmm. It's like, so is this all about your legacy to you? I mean, I guess it's still a, an L or a W is a W, right? Yes. So a political right. win is a political win for the right reasons, even if done for the wrong justifications or whatever. Yeah. But wouldn't it have been better and let Jeff Bridges, that cookie loving bastard, off the hook a little <laughs> bit for like Kermit to say that? What if because Kermit is nobody says swan song in the movie until he says or, or he never we never hear swan song from the president's lips until the end when he says this yeah. is my swan song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. if Kermit was like said to him like, "No, that's a hell of a swan song." Yeah, and that would have been better. Like, yeah, you got it. Right? right. But he's like literally like, "Did you like that political calculation I did there?" They'll never forget. My picture's going to be huge when they paint it. I know, I know. It's a little much. It's a little weird. And, and then also that the the part where like he was like, "Shame on you, sir!" And then like Runyon like actually stands and he up says, and walks have out. You no decency, have you no sir. decency, sir? He stands up and walks out. I'm like. Really? Really? You don't have the courage but where's to the sit guy there going, you in lie! the room. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. Um, let me run something past you. Sure. Do you... And the whole thing, and, and, and the whole thing, after all of this, what do we get? What do you got? We got a, we, uh, I got a vice president who v- will, will vote for the war in Iraq in, 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 uh, yeah. in a year. Uh, you know, wants a... Uh, to take the cigarettes out of kids' hands. Yep. Thank God we got this moderate in office. I know. That's the best we could do back then. I know. That's all we wanted yep. is some moderate I to know. sit in the office. That's true. Sorry, go ahead. Do you think it's um, necessary? So we, we find out at the Hurry! end. There, there, I got a great point. Okay. We find out at the end there is this letter and affidavit saying that. Um, none of it ever happened. Never, none of the, the stuff yeah, in the college story, even ever the, happened. All they had to do was just wait another day or two because the story is already breaking down. There's people who are coming from her college <clears> saying, <throat> you know, I don't. This didn't happen that way and I'm willing to go on record. Yeah. Did we really need 
her telling a scene between her telling the president what exactly happened? Yes. Why? Well, first of all, we didn't need it because it's true. Whatever she did, it doesn't matter. Um, That's kind of why I felt like, well, why are we having it Because you felt like, oh, we're letting her off the hook. She's not a horror or whatever. Well, Because because here's the thing. Because it's still a movie for the American public, Mm -hmm. a nation founded by pilgrims, Mm -hmm. and we needed that. But I thought it was important because after all this denial and all this saying, this is not my business, Senator. This is not my business, representative of CBS News or whatever. At the end, she has finally become a friend of President Evans. Like they are, this has made them friends and close. Yeah. And he's still working her because he's, he asked like, so what did happen? But he's got the affidavit in his pocket, you know, and he knows, he knows he's ready to, to turn this around and go ham on Shelly in the press over this. But we still get it from her because she is the one wearing the scarlet letter this whole time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And the fact that she just tells him person to person, I don't know. I I, I agree. It doesn't doesn't matter what she did. I just feel like it's – I feel like at the end But did she boof though? Did she boof – Stop it. And the devil's triangle. Come on. I just feel – Answer the question. I just feel like it – the movie does – we're going I, over an hour. I just feel like it does a little bit of a disservice because at the end <laughs> it's like saying there is a double standard because for in order for her to be the heroine that this movie needs, you need to know that she's innocent. Yeah, maybe they should have never addressed it. You know, why does it – if it doesn't matter, then it doesn't matter. Right, but if it doesn't matter, then they should have had incontrovertible proof it was her at the beginning, so it's just true. Because the whole movie, mm. you know, the whole movie has reveals and holds things back and reveals them. And the whole reveal the entire time is that she has been suffering this in silence. Every right. time they ask her and she right. has to demure, it isn't because she can't talk about it because she's racked with guilt. It's because it never happened and it's all a lie. Right. So, I mean, I'm, I get all that, but I also get your point that um, it doesn't matter. Like Special Agent Wilhelmina says... What? It oh, shouldn't, oh, it shouldn't matter, sir. I'll yeah. be on cold case in a few years. Check me out. A <laughs> lot of CBS actors in this. A lot of CBS yeah. actors in this. Yeah. Uh, what else is going on? Uh, I'd almost rather tell you what. Hmm. This is so set up the way it is. Mm-hmm. And I know that Bernie Sanders wasn't on this guy's mind when he wrote the character of Shelley Runyon. And Hillary Clinton was just a twinkle in her own eye at this point. Right. But I'd almost rather see this flipped. And I know that being centrist, you know, being a moderate was cool back then. But she is such an effing Republican, it makes me want to vomit. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And so I'd almost rather just flip everything, have Runyon be a Bernie Sanders-esque Democrat who is just really hates women for some reason, mm. you know, and have her be a Republican senator and make the same point. In fact, it might have been more powerful to make the same point. Her own party is is trying to dismiss her because of this, quote unquote, morality issue Mm-mm. and have her make the same point as a moderate Republican. What's the difference anyway? Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'd almost want to see it flipped. Yeah. But I think the guy that wrote this is a Sorkin-esque liberal who wanted sure. to make a bunch of Sorkin's liberal points yep. to make people stand up and clap. Yep. And so, you know, it turned out the way it did. But I'd almost rather see it, like, politically reversed. I, I get what you're saying. I think that makes sense. Because you could still do it back then. Nowadays, it would, it's all, you know, 
Fox News blonde s- s- scarecrow bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, I do. When Shelley starts ranting about the cancer of liberalism, it's like, you're a Jew that created a bill against hate crimes. I know. How mad are you at liberalism? I know. Right? I know. You're like a, you're like a Feinstein-esque character. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I know. I was like, why is she... A, I kept thinking, why is she a cancer? Why do you hate this woman so much? And it, and it seemed like, does he hate all women, or does he really just hate her? His wife hates him. Yeah, that's pretty obvious. Um... Yeah. I couldn't believe she actually went to Hanson and was like, you should look him straight in the eye and be like, well, do you think your wife is a murderer? Because she had an abortion. <laughs> and he was, and then, then she like divulges, oh, he doesn't know. And I'm like, well, that's even well, they give that's her even that worse. It's just so she doesn't use it. So we see how how uh, much yes. integrity she has. Right. Um, boop, ba-doop, how we dupe. How'd you like internet journalism in this? And how... <laughs> how <laughs> On the internet. How um, uh, uh, Sydney... What's his name? Sydney Greenstreet, uh, Flippy, Shelley Levine uh, is, you know, they... Uh, uh, the story is leaked and there's a very Drudge Report-esque yes. website that leaks these oh, photos yeah, yeah, and yeah, the yeah, story yeah. of her. And then some cubby, we see a one scene at the post where some cubby at the post is printing off, you know, the website. And he's like, yeah, this is how you make it in the world. It's like Robert Redford's crying somewhere. <laughs> but so a po- so supposedly the post like runs this, you know, thing about her. And then he's like, I'd encourage, th- you know, I, we don't, we don't, you know, approve of this filth, you know, that would insinuate that you would be involved in this sexy gangbang and and I, I don't want anybody to go to www.filthreport.com yeah, yeah, I'm shocked to discover there's gambling in this establishment yes exactly yeah. it's like wow Great. wow you could almost like see her holding back rolling her eyes remember when it was just cranks though remember like when Bill O'Reilly was on Inside Edition and it was just like crank syndicated news outlets that would print this crap now there is yeah an entire wing of the president's propaganda arm that does this mm-hmm. and not, not even fox news there, now there's onn or, or oan or whatever mm-hmm. so yeah. it's uh the gerbils are multiplying everybody <laughs> not a political show though we try not for it to not be yeah i, I still don't understand why she voted to impeach clinton her reasoning in the film, and mm-hmm. this is, once again, you guys should be happy. Sydney. Sydney. Sydney? Who? What's his name again? Shelly Runyon. Shelley. Yes. You're getting a Republican vice president. You should be thrilled about this. Uh-huh. She voted to impeach Clinton because other military officers and commanders yes. had been censured for, for adultery. adultery. Yes. Yeah. And so she thought it should apply. And- Shelley rightly points out, you understand that commander-in-chief is, is in a military rank. He's not subject to those, if not regulations, then just ideas and strictures about conduct. Uh-huh. And she's like, well, it shouldn't have. Isn't it the same thing? He went down for what you're about to go down for. Well, that's kind of what I was. It's nobody's business. That's kind of what said, I thought. If you had said perjuring yourself and lying to the FBI, which yes. Clinton was impeached yeah. for, I would understand. But... What the hell are you talking about? I know. If you if you want to protect the double standard, you have to protect 
the all single, the, the first part of the double yeah, standard. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. I had that same thought watching it. I was like, what? Why? What? Why are we bringing it? Bringing that up? Not a perfect and then, film. Yeah, no. I like they called her female Warren Beatty. That was pretty great. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> you're, you're a female Warren Beatty. Well. That was the thing, right? They're like they they warn her a like, home wrecking sex machine. <laughs> yeah, right. That too. They warn her they're gonna like you know really look, but she thinks it's gonna be all like legal stuff and everything. But for some reason, like so, her husband is divorced and they had an affair before he was yeah um, divorced, yeah. and um she for some reason didn't think that legal papers also included his well, divorce it's, what's proceedings ins- what's insane is that you know both parties have investigators and lawyers working on this um we yes. follow we follow one of them in yes. a thing that is made makes us think that she's investigating um Slater what's the name of the hell uh, uh Laney uh doesn't matter yeah Lane Han- Lane Hansen Hansen yeah um, we think that we're following her, but we're not. We're following the woman who died. Yes. Um, yes. She's following up on her because she's investigating the governor. And remember, you got a nominee now, or you've got for the or an appointee for the vice presidency. Mm-hmm. But you just bagged the governor of Virginia. The governor yeah. of Virginia went away in cuffs. So yep. I hope the lieutenant governor is also a Democrat and also you know, on 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 your team. Do you know yeah. What I mean? Well. That your swan song is you just bagged one a state governor like that's um, you're talking about like power of the states versus power of the federal government. Yeah, but but like oh no no he got a lady killed. Don't yeah, get me wrong. Yeah, but yeah. I mean like is are those federal charges or what what's going on here? Right. So um, it's not a perfect movie. No, it's not. <laughs> but I love that last scene is great. Do you think that he called the kitchen? And told them to say that there was no Munster cheese because it's so, it's so perfect. Something that th- this movie does really great is it doesn't it it uses creative ways to communicate the stakes and who has the power in the scene. Yes. So in the last scene, there's just some I don't know dinner number three hundred and twenty seven that they have to go to as a function, and so they're all dressed up for this function, but they're going to have quick a powwow between. Yep. Um, they're bringing Grissom back because. Hansen is now, you know, um, persona non grata, you know, in the press or whatever because right. of this. And it's expected that she'll withdraw her thing. So they're going to have a tete-a-tete with her and sort of pass the torch to Hansen. But what he doesn't know, and Shelly doesn't know, and we don't know, is that it's a setup because yep. they've had this, this FBI agent f- figure out the whole thing yep. about how the governor paid this woman that they found this former service woman yes to drive off a bridge thinking that she would be saved and get a payday but she got dead instead yep and so he has his guy come in and i don't know if that is is that guy the attorney general or something i'm not sure what his position is the coffee guy um he was the guy on the golf course yeah but 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 is he like the ddi of the fbi or probably um but anyway they so they have him come in and bust the governor but before all this happens, there's this whole Dave runner where he keeps calling the, the restaurant and like, yes. uh, or the cook at the White House and ordering stuff. And so he orders like a grilled cheese sandwich or whatever. And they Which call... is the most common thing of all of, all, like he ordered like Kung Pao chicken and all these extravagant dishes Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, dishes yeah, he's ordering like hazelnut pudding and all yes. these things. And he orders the, the thing and they don't have it. And he's like, oh, and he sits down in his chair and he looks really deflated. 
and he's just he's even lost the 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 benefits of the presidency the kickbacks of power like he's got nothing and then immediately they play the trap card i know and they take they take grissom away in cuffs <laughs> his line is like god it's a shame about that mustard cheese i know <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's so good i know it's but, really good but they but it the but the play began the night before when he goes and eats on I'm presuming Sh- uh, Shelley's boat. I don't know whose boat it I is. I don't know whose boat it, it was is. It wasn't yacht one or whatever. No, I think it was the president's yacht because he's was there telling, a seal? He, well, he's telling no, but he's telling the 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 server guy. Oh, bring some of those cookies. Oh, they've got these raisins. Yeah, in but them. you could have the White House could cater a boat. I guess. Anyway, um, yeah, so, but they, but he was setting it up even then, and yep. so. They get to the moment of triumph, and he's not just—is he going to randomly order a? I think I think he set that up. I think Probably. he told the, the cook to say there was no. Cheese. No, there's no monster. So he could look as his weakest. Remember, <laughs> they're all lawyers. I know. I mean, he went to West Point, but he—I'm sure he went to law school after. That. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, was this worth talking about this long? I don't know. <laughs> but I don't. You know, I remember seeing it. I loved this movie when it came out because I didn't understand politics at all and it just seemed kind of cool i do I think, think i loved that... it the the first couple times i saw it afterwards mm-hmm. then as you know politically the world fell apart around us i began to think what a dumb jejun movie mm-hmm. but then i saw it today and i found myself thinking there's a lot in here that we didn't listen to yep. uh, or that we forgot about yep and i don't hate I don't hate it either. Wow. High praise. I don't hate it. Um, I was going to say, I think that Joan Allen is underrated. She's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I think she should be in more stuff. I know, we, as we've also talked about, another She's in one of your double... favorite movies. Yes. Uh, where she gets to, to rub a tiger, give a tiger a tummy massage. <laughs> um, but, like... She, you know, another double standard of, of women in, in yeah, society yeah, yeah. is they, they can't be in movies after they're her. a certain age. Yes. I mean, I mean, he was going to write it anyway, but when he was writing the role, he had Joan Allen in mind. Yeah. And wanted Joan Allen. And it was pretty much like the last role that Joan Allen had before she reached that age where we just put the Hollywood actresses on the ice flow. And yeah. if it comes back when they're 60, great. They can be in movies again. Right. It's too bad. It is too bad. But yeah, she's great. She is fantastic. Even in a movie like Face Off. In a, even in a movie like Which, Face Off. Which, if the president eats cheese, it's right over there on Face Off. <laughs> so yeah, I'd recommend this for sure. Yes, I would too. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we've done our work here, I think. I think so too. Uh, yeoman's work. Yeah. And uh, we should probably let things go, but we'll be back in the future to talk about more films, classic and modern, for your Maskentainment? Maskentainment? Your Maskentainment? I don't know. Distastement? Whatever it is. Yeah. We'll be doing it (laughs) in the future. (laughs) 